1: of Growing in Grace. I'm the Breeze Man, Joel Brzezinski, and Mike the Cap Kepler with me, uh, celebrating um, the new life that we have in Christ. Of course, we got done celebrating uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, which we've talked about in the weeks past, that it was very important that Christ was born, and all the more important that he... um, went to the cross and took our sins upon him and was raised again. So we're looking to, at this uh, new creation life that we have here on Growing Grace. How are you doing in this brand new year, Cap?
0: I'm Mike Kapler, and I approve this message. Not paid for by any political candidate or party. Oh, I'm sorry. We Please. live in Iowa, and we're getting bombarded with uh, caucus advertising. So we're uh, <laughs> we're trying to get through this, and I I forgot where I was. Bombarded I I was, is, is an understatement. Happens, you know. <laughs> got yep. my
1: identity. Yep, I got. I just about got bombarded by some Ron Paul supporters a little while ago. He must be in town um, <laughs> because I, I drove over uh, by. Uh, people won't know what I'm talking talking about unless they live here in Waterloo, Iowa. Drove by the Kettle Congress and a whole bunch of signs and people, and that's our total experience. Not just. Ron Paul, of course, but all the candidates. That's this Iowa is the place to be this week, and for the last you know, it's, however it's many months. Kind of cool months. though
0: because they do come right around where you live. Yep. Somewhere <laughs> in Iowa, it'll happen usually over and over again. And if you want to, you can you can actually go and meet them, shake their hand, talk with them. So if you're into that sort of thing, it's it's kind of cool. But the the Ron Paul people are very passionate. Joel, I was walking home last night, uh, bringing home a marble rye and. Some lady stole it from me, (laughs) but uh, if you're a Seinfeld fan, that would be funny. But hey, Joel, we've been talking about, well, what we're going to be talking about is how we have been moved from the Old Covenant into the New, and and what does New Covenant living mean? I know we've been comparing when the New Covenant began and trying to differentiate some things between, uh, you know, the law and uh, the New Covenant which we live under now. And, and so we're going to kind of move from where we've been. If you've been listening to past programs, great, because we're going to go from there and start talking about New Covenant living. What does it mean for us to be living under the New Covenant? And if you haven't caught recent programs, like over the last six or seven years, or the last six or seven weeks, uh, you can find them all on a website called GrowingInGrace.org, all of the programs, archived 14-minute weekly programs.
1: Yep, all of them. Uh, they're all right there. Uh, we we just uh, love being able to make them available to listen to. It's always um, a good thing to encourage one another in this gospel, this this gospel of grace. So many people that they want to know Christ. They want to know God deeply and intimately and passionately. But the one thing that's holding many, many people back is the fact that they're afraid of God, or or they have this legalistic view of God. Maybe they f- they feel that he's angry with them. Maybe they feel that he is against them for something they've done. And what we like to share on this program is the opposite of that, and we believe it's the truth that God is not angry with us. He is very, very happy with us, and he accepts us, not based on our performance See, that's where many people get stuck because they know they're not doing it right, at least not 100%, and they feel that they're condemned or, or that uh, God's looking down on them because they're not performing well enough. But it's not based upon our performance. It's based upon the performance of Christ. That's what we focus on here on Growing in Grace. And so we do hope you'll be encouraged and go back and listen to some of our past programs there. Again, at org. Joel, we talked about when the new
0: covenant began, which was really probably at about the time of Jesus' death, not at the time of his birth, not at the start of the book of Matthew, but more toward the end of what we would call the four Gospels. And it's important for people to understand that we we have been transferred, translated from death to life, okay? I mean, we were dead, and now we live, And it's not even our life, it's His life in us. And I hope some weeks down the road as we talk about New Covenant living, I haven't discussed this with you yet, Joel, but I think there's some things we could get into regarding where we are positioned in Christ with His life. It'll probably almost sound blasphemous when we start talking about it to some even, even some grace people, but that's something for down the road. So we've been translated from death unto life, It's important to understand the old covenant and the new covenant are two totally, completely separate things. They they are not to be mixed together. I remember when uh, Paul was talking to, uh, I think it was Timothy, You know I don't have it right in front of me, but he was saying there are people who will teach a different gospel. And then he went on to suggest that some of that different gospel that Paul was encouraging people to stay away from would include a mixture of law old covenant, and grace, new covenant, and you can't mix the two together. Paul went on to say in that passage that these people who love to hear themselves speak without saying much of anything with substance, they want to think of themselves as teachers of the law, and they don't even know what they're talking about. And so then Paul went on to say some things about that. But one thing I want to point out here, Joel, is that the new covenant is not a continuation of the old it's not, if you've been to some movies, it's not Old Covenant Part Two. <laughs> it's it's a it's a brand new covenant, uh, as the Book of Hebrews says, and I'm not sure if you've got the passage in front of you, Joel, but you know we, we're now under a a new and a better covenant, right? established mm-hmm. upon better promises.
1: Yeah, if you want to know what the new covenant is and contrast it, contrast it again. I, we want to point that out. It's a contrast. Between the new covenant and the old covenant like you said gap they're not the same the new covenant is not continued from the old covenant it's a brand new completely different thing the old had to be done away with in order for the new to come in and, and in hebrews 7 and 8 we we see the word better uh, the writer is using uses the word better several times you know he says uh, the law made nothing perfect he's talking about the old covenant That included the law and made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. People can't draw near to God through the law. The law only brought death and condemnation. But there's a bringing of a better hope with this new covenant because, as the writer goes on to say, talking about Jesus, uh, he has become surety of a better covenant. So we have a better hope. There's a better covenant. Hebrews 8, 6 goes on to say that Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. And uh, in Hebrews 9, it talks about better sacrifices. Obviously, the, the whole point of the book of Hebrews is talking about the one perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. None of the other sacrifices in the old covenant could work. And so it's not just the sacrifices that needed to be done away with in order for the one perfect sacrifice of Jesus. But the entire thing, the law, the entire thing had to be done away with. The old covenant had to be done away with. And in fact, if you read all the way through to all this talk about it being better, better, and better, finally, uh, the writer says in Hebrews 8, 13, in that he says, a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. The old covenant made obsolete again. Why? Because man didn't keep his part. Man couldn't keep his part. Man could not follow through on what was required under the old covenant. And God knew that. And so he had always planned this new covenant. Again, better hope, better covenant, better promises, so on and so forth. It's just a whole better thing. (laughs) <laughs> you better, you better, you bet. Yeah. Let's start singing the Who. Yeah, we've had <laughs> Who songs in our uh, thing before. Who are you and things like that. <laughs> yeah, talking
0: about our identity, <laughs> our new identity in Christ. And 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 that's a, a big part of the new covenant, too, that we'll probably talk about along the way. But, man, I mean, uh, you said a mouthful there, though, Joel, because you talk to most Christians today, most church-going, Bible-believing folks, and you tell them that the old covenant, has been made obsolete. Woo! I mean that—that's—that's that's a pretty big—it was <laughs> fighting uh, you know, words, a pretty big thing to swallow.
1: Yeah, it's them fighting words for a lot of people. And even if you show it to them right there in the Book of Hebrews, they'll try to find you know some way to say that ah, that's not what he's really saying. <laughs> but well,
0: I know one of the things that we were going to be talking about. We may end up saving until next week. It's a—it's a—it's a big thing that we want to get into here. That's an important cornerstone foundational thing regarding the new covenant, and it involves love. Something that uh, we can kind of continue on here, Joel, is that the new covenant that was uh, ratified, if you will, at the time of Jesus' death, it ended the old. And, you know, we talked a couple of weeks back about some of what Jesus said to people. They were people under the law. Jesus himself was born of a woman under the law. And what he was trying to do throughout much of his life to the Jewish people was to show them that they needed to come to the end of that, to come to him, because they would would never be able to achieve or accomplish or have any kind of success with keeping the law and coming to, to God with peace. They could never do it. Even the rich young ruler that you referred to recently in recent programs, the rich young ruler came to Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? And, and Jesus said, well, follow the commandments. And, and he, he said, I, I've been keeping all those. He's, Jesus started listing some of them, right? I've, been, I've kept those since my youth. But then he asked the question, Joel, because he, and, and this reflects deep down, he knew he hadn't kept them. He said, but what else do I need to do? <laughs> you know, that was the question. What else? I, there, there must be something else because I, I know I'm still falling short. And that's what the law will do. There's none of that zero. Get this. There's zero of that stuff under the new covenant. You're never going to have to worry about falling short or not living up to some sort of expectation that you've either set for yourself or you think that God has for you. We're delivered from that, and it's a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah, it is a wonderful thing. When you are free uh, to live the life that you were created to live. And and here's one of the wonderful things about this new covenant life that we have in Christ. God created us not to be angry with us, not to always be against us, not to have wrath toward us. Unfortunately, under the old covenant, because sin had entered into the world, there were certain consequences of all of that. But God himself came to set all of that right. God himself did it. This is what the new covenant life is all about. You can go back to the old covenant if you want, and along with being afraid of God and thinking he's angry with you and, and thinking he's against you, but that's not the life that God created you for, and that's not why he sent Jesus Christ. It's a life of love and knowing his love and growing in it and dwelling in it and knowing that because God loved us, we can love him, and it's not dependent upon us and our abilities to love. But that said, a certain person, it says a uh, lawyer came to Jesus, a different person than the rich young ruler at a different time. Some uh, Sadducees and Pharisees were uh, gathered together in a crowd and a certain lawyer among them came up to Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded with actually a couple of commandments. He said uh, the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so, with all of that said, are we, as Christians today, commanded to love God and to love other people? We'll talk about that next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been
0: Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski.